today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Calling you to this, and I know it's going to be very hard and very difficult, and you're going to suffer tremendously. And I just want you to know I'm going to be with you through it. I'm going to strengthen you in it, and I'm going to enable you for it because I've called you to it. Never think for a second that if God has called you, that He will not also enable you to do that which He's called you to do. Have you ever felt called to do something that seemed impossible? In today's message, Pastor J.D. talks about how when you're called to do something, the Lord will enable you to do it. You may be feeling overwhelmed or unsure about what lies ahead, but remember that you're never alone. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. In other words, Lord, you got the wrong guy. Lord, (laughs) you picked the wrong file. Lord, ah, Lord, no. And here come the excuses. And we've seen this before, right? I mean, every time God calls someone, they come up with excuses. I think about Moses. How many excuses did he come up with? And then Gideon. Well, we could talk a little bit about Gideon. I mean, he takes it to a whole new level. Okay, God, I'm I'm the black sheep of my family. My family's the black sheep of my tribe, and my tribe's the black sheep of all of the tribes of Israel. I mean, he tries so, you got to hand it to him. He tries so hard to get out of this, and God's not having it. He's like, ah, Lord, you got the wrong guy. I, he's hiding from the Midianites. He's threshing the grain, hiding out from the Midianites so they wouldn't steal it in fear. And God comes to him and says, oh, mighty warrior. Here's Gideon, right? Where? <laughs> oh, me? Oh, you're talking to me? Lord, you got the wrong guy, and here's why. And then here comes the excuses, and then God's like, okay, whatever. And then he goes into the whole fleece thing. And by the way, I think it's unfortunate that we've somehow made this whole fleece thing a faith thing. It is not a faith thing. He's looking for ways to get out of it. Think about it. I mean, first, okay, do on the ground, but not on the fleece. And then God does it. And then he says, okay, just to be really, 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 really really sure, confirmation we call it. Oh, we couch it in such spiritual terms. I need confirmation. What more do you need? Well, let's have the dew be on the fleece, but not the ground. And sure enough, you know what that would be the equivalent of? God, if this is really you calling me, and this is really your will, have a bird, a minor bird, because we don't like minor birds. <laughs> Sorry. Have a minor bird fly into my windshield at 2.04 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time tomorrow afternoon. And then God does it. And you're like, okay, now to be really, really, really sure. No, that's, I'm, 
that's what he did. Talk about trying to get out of it. Now here's Jeremiah trying to get out of it. And interesting, he, he brings up, it's kind of reminiscent of what Moses said when God called him from out of the burning bush. And, and Moses is kind of like, you know, I've been here so long, you know, like 40 years, not just in the desert, the backside of the desert. And I, I seem to have, some believe he had developed a speech impediment. Because who's he going to talk to? And so now he's like, I, I, you know, I've been out. That ship sailed. And he uses that as an excuse, which is why, by the way, replete throughout the Old Testament, we read time and time again, God commanded Moses to command Aaron to speak to the people. Oh, you can't talk. Okay, fine. Your brother's going to do it then. How about that? You're not getting out of it. Nice try. And that's why. Well, now here's Jeremiah going, I cannot speak. And he takes it further. And again, you got to kind of hand it to him in his attempt to get out of this, because he says, I can't really speak because I'm still too young. I'm a youth. Now, we really don't know how old Jeremiah was. Of course, speculation abounds. Some speculate that he was maybe in his late teens, early 20s. Others suggest that maybe he was 30. He would have likely not been older than 30, because you had to be 30 years of age to enter into the priestly service. But even then, you were considered to be young at that age, relative to that culture in that time. So this is kind of like what Paul exhorted Timothy concerning. Timothy, you're younger than the people in the church that you pastor, and you're letting them intimidate you. Stop it. Don't let them do that. Don't let them look down on you because of your youth. Now this is where being a PK comes back into play, because if you're Jeremiah and God calls you, this is understandable. Lord, <laughs> ah, Lord, ah, Lord. <laughs> so they're not going to listen to me. You know, first of all, they're going to look at me and they go, come on, I knew you when you were in diapers, and you're prophesying to me? Who do you think you are? Don't you know who I am? You're just, you're Hilkiah's son. That's Hilkiah's kid. Get out of here. What are you doing here? <laughs> and you're prophesying? Thus saith the Lord? Come on. This is a joke. Where are the hidden cameras? Is this a... And so that's his reasoning and his attempt to try to get out of this. I'm they're not going to listen to me. I'm too young, and I cannot speak 
into their lives because they're not going to listen to me. Now listen to what <laughs> the Lord's response is. Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. If I'm Jeremiah, my heart is sinking to the floor right about now. Wait a minute. You're still going to use me? Yeah. You're still going to send me? Yeah. But Lord, Lord, <laughs> I just gave you excellent reasons as to why I'm the wrong guy. I'm not qualified. I don't have any experience. I'm not old enough. Blah, 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 blah. Precisely. That's why I'm going to send you. Because you cannot speak. Because you are inexperienced. Because you are young. Paul would say it like this to the Corinthians, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong. Why does God do that? Because then He alone gets the glory. Because they're going to look at Jeremiah and go, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> it has to be God. What he's speaking has to be God. It's not him. Look at, look at the, well, I'm getting ahead of myself again. This is what I love about God's call on my life. Even if I tried, I could not take the credit for what God has done. I mean, it's laughable. I love it when people look at me and go, here's why. Because here's the conclusion, if God can use someone like that, there's hope for me. That's right. That's right. And that's Jeremiah. Verse 8. Now this is interesting. Do not be afraid of their faces. Now you have to almost be a pastor to really appreciate this. Because what God is saying to Jeremiah is, do not get upset when you see the expression on their faces when you speak. <laughs> don't, don't be upset by their body language or their facial expressions. You know, because like right now, don't look at the person next to you. I see your faces when I'm, when I'm teaching. And sometimes, you know, there's the, the wince. I have a whole list of them. I won't go through all of them in the interest of time. But, and then there's the contorting of the faces, kind of like, or as we say here in Hawaii, stink eye. That's what he's saying. Don't, don't look at their faces and be upset by them or afraid of them because they're going to react to what you're going to say. I, you know, I've shared this before. I'm very candid about it. It's, it's, hey, listen, when you've lost your life in this world, you've got nothing to lose. But I have to admit that it still upsets me and bothers me and concerns me and even hurts me when somebody gets up 
in the middle of the teaching and leaves. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, was it something I said? Well, as one said, you throw a rack in, uh, a rack, a rock into a pack of dogs. The dog that barks the loudest is the dog that got hit the hardest. Don't take it personal. Jesus said, if, if they hate you, it's not you, don't, don't take it, they hate you because of me, because of your association with me. So if anybody's thinking about getting up in the middle of the Bible study and walking out, don't even think about it, <laughs> especially now. But Jeremiah, they're not going to receive what it is that you're going to say. And in fact, you're going to see the ugliest of reactions on their faces. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Do not concern yourself with their response. That's on them. So somebody gets up, walks out. I won't keep belaboring this point, but when that happens, in fact, in some ways, I think to myself, wow, Lord, you're really working on them, huh? You know, I almost would rather have somebody react that way than just kind of shine me on or blow me off. Yeah, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> but when, yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting, wasn't it? But I, I would almost rather have somebody get agitated because you know the Holy Spirit's working on them. You know how it was before you came to Christ, or even if you're under the heavy hand of the Lord's conviction in Christ? Oh, there's agitation, irritation, frustration. That's, that can be good. That's a good sign. There's something happening. The Lord's doing something there. Okay, now you can get up and walk out. <laughs> Verse 9, then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down. Thanks a lot. To build and to plant. Well, I like that part. Wait a minute. I, you're calling me to do some rooting out, some pulling down, some throwing down. <laughs> I like the idea of building and planting, but see, here's the thing, and notice the order of it. You can't build or plant until you first root out. There's some demolition, some pulling down, some rooting out that needs to take place before you can start the building and the planting. Well, this is a perfect textbook example of God packaging His calling with His enabling. Think this through with me. This is the calling of God on Jeremiah's life. And this is not going to be easy. How's Jeremiah going to do it? Jeremiah isn't going to do it. God is. Where's Jeremiah going to get the courage and the strength to do this? God's going to give it to him. The Lord is with him. The Lord will deliver him. The Lord will enable him. It's going to get hard, 
Jeremiah, there's going to be times, and this is why he's affectionately referred to as the weeping prophet. I mean, I, I picture him in the fetal position, just wailing and weeping before the Lord, crying out to the Lord. If there was ever a man that we have a record of in history, in Scripture, that was ever called to a horrendous and difficult ministry, it was Jeremiah. I think maybe even to the degree in which he would rival the Apostle Paul and all that he went through. I think you could put Jeremiah right into that camp along with the likes of the Apostle Paul. So I'm calling you, but I will never call you unless I will also with that calling give you the enabling. Because again, when God commands us to do something or calls us to something, it is inconsistent with His character and nature to not see, a, see us through and provide us with all that we need in order to be found faithful in that which He's called us to. Because if He didn't do that, then He would not be God. Because that would be cruel at best, evil at worst for God to command or call us to something and not enable us to do that which He's called us to do. Because God will never be party to our disobedience. God will never be party to our unfaithfulness. So Jeremiah, I'm calling you to this, and I know it's going to be very hard and very difficult, and you're going to suffer tremendously. And I just want you to know I'm going to be with you through it. I'm going to strengthen you in it, and I'm going to enable you for it, because I've called you to it. Never think for a second that if God has called you, that He will not also enable you to do that which He's called you to do. Verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Now this is going to be the first of two visions that God gives to Jeremiah to prepare him for the calling on him. And this first one is that of the branch of an almond tree. Now, what's this about and why an almond tree? Well, interesting, the almond tree is the very first tree to bud. Some believe and suggest that it buds as early as the month of January, the first of any trees. It is quick to bud. So what is God saying here? What is God doing here? Well, what God is doing here is reassuring Jeremiah that like that almond tree that is the first and very quick to bud, so too will he be quick to do what he said he would do in and through Jeremiah. I know again it's probably very cliche, but there is this saying, God said it, 
that settles it. And that's what this is about. If God said it, it's a done deal. This is what I said, now I'm going to perform it. And not only am I going to perform it, I'm going to be quick to perform it. Let's get, let's get on it. Let's do this. That's what the almond tree is about. Now he's going to get his second vision, verse 13. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, and it is facing away from the north. Then, verse 14, the Lord said to me, Out of the north calamity shall break forth, on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come, and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around, and against all the cities of Judah. I will utter, verse 16, my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness. And here's why. Because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods, and worshiped the works of their own hands. Stay with me on this. This uh, boiling pot poured out, the judgment of God being poured out on the wickedness of the people. And this is the ministry that Jeremiah has. He has to proclaim this, prophesy this, speak this. Judgment is coming. That's doom and gloom. No wonder they're going to contort their faces and want to kill me and hate me. And They're not going to listen to this. Oh, you're one of those doom and gloom preachers. Judgment is coming. The end is, it's not near, it's here. This is what I mean by the profound parallels to Jeremiah's day concerning Judah. Boy. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, this is a reference to Babylon, which at this time was heating up like that boiling pot, and as a ruling empire would conquer Assyria and destroy Jerusalem. And it's pretty detailed here. Verse 15, at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all the walls all around, all the cities of Judah. It's coming. And this is why it's coming. Dare I say that in our world today, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming because of the wickedness, the wickedness of people, the evil the worship of other gods. This is interesting too, and I just want to draw your attention to it before we move on any further. But they worship the works of their own hands. Wow. Hmm. They worship these images, these false gods. They bow down to these graven images. And judgment would come. 
And it did. And it was horrific. And it was unthinkable. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout this book, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking words that God has given him, warning the Israelite nation that judgment is sure to come. But the people don't want to hear it. They'd rather carry on in their revelry, living their best life now. If you've noticed, there's a mentality of that in today's culture, too. Don't you dare give anyone warning about the red flags in their life. They're just taking that idea of eat, drink, and be merry and running with it. Unfortunately, these warnings in Jeremiah weren't heeded. and That's how it can be today as well, as God gives fair warning about what's to come in the future. But are you prepared for what God's warnings are? Have you taken heed to what he speaks and teaches about in his word? These aren't just mentioned as a side note. Everything in God's word is intentional and has a purpose. If you'd like to know more about what this all means, we encourage you to go to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he can save you from a life and eternity without him. If you're in the area and would like to connect with some others in person about this, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition in Jeremiah, here on In Spirit and Truth.